You're listening to Rolling Toe with trucking experts Kevin and Mike Beckett. This is the show where you ask the questions and we give you the diagnosis on how to get the most out of your truck. We'll talk about avoiding wear and tear, knowing your suspension and axles, and how to get more mileage from your tires. We're on the audio road. Let's get rolling. You know, I've listened to that thing about 50 sometimes. And I still want to know who paid that guy to tell him we were an expert. I know. <laughs> well, I guess it was Kevin, wasn't it? I suppose it was. Well, this is Mike Baggett. This is Kevin Baggett. And we're here to bamboozle you with bullshit and baffle you with brilliance or something like that. Maybe it's the other way around. Could be. We've had a couple of weeks off, so we don't even remember what we're supposed to do here. But we'll try it again. Hopefully you can hear us and all that. Yeah, that would be very nice. We have uh, two callers with questions so far. Mm-hmm. If you have a question or a comment, please push one on your phone dial. That'll push you in the queue so we know you have a question. And as we said before, if you push it twice, it'll erase you from the universe. You'll need a copy of the Hitchhanker's Guide to the Galaxy to find your way back. Hitchhanker's Guide? Hitchhanker's. <laughs> Hitchhanker's. I got a speech impediment. <laughs> Uh, I don't really have anything new to talk about. We've just been traveling around and training some people. And I've got this week, I'm going to be in Los Angeles training a couple locations and then Phoenix. And, and we're still getting our school put together. We haven't finished all the paperwork. Right. Everything takes twice as long and costs twice as much, right? right. We just do not, yeah, the, the class uh, flyer, the, all the, all the little pieces. The promotional material's not here yet. Yeah. And the VA hasn't given us the final approval. And so we're just kind of waiting until it gets put together. But we got plenty to keep us busy. And hopefully you do too. So let's start with some questions. We've got a question from a 307 area code. You got any guess where that is, Kev? I was going to guess something earlier. I'll go with like North Carolina. Uh, Wrong end of the country, both east and west and north and south. It's Wyoming. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, the question is, is he still in Wyoming? Uh, he could be, but probably not. I'm going to say he's home. Okay, Let's I'm try it. Give me a click. We're going to click that little button right there. Hello, Wyoming. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm good. And you? Good, good. Hey, I got uh, I got some issues here. No, 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 here. no, 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 no. We we can't talk about your issues until you tell us where you're at. I'm uh, 200 miles north of the house, heading to Montana. But you're still in Wyoming. I'm still in Wyoming, so you win the booby prize of the morning. I got the booby prize. Okay, all right. Now, what are your issues? And I cannot okay, I help gotta... you with your wife and your girlfriend. No, no, I don't have. I got a wife, no girlfriend, so. Okay, you're very uh, smart. <laughs> so anyway, so I've got a W9 with a million seven on it. Put uh, kingpins in it at seven hundred thousand. Put kingpins in it again at a million seven. When we knock the kingpins out at seven hundred thousand, um, we bent up the threads going to the top cap on the left hand side. Oh. So this time. This time I went ahead, knocked them kingpins out, put a new, put a new uh, uh, stub on that side, uh-huh. and uh, thinking everything was cool, so I put new steer tires on it. Got an alignment done. I've got twenty-two thousand some odd miles on these tires, 
and they're both wearing inside and outside in about the same pattern. What's my problem? Okay, okay. Let's let's. You're saying the inside and outside shoulders on both front tires are wearing? Yes, sir. Okay. Is it a cup pattern or is it smooth or what? Well, it's kind of a, a little bit of both. It kind of looks like some river wear, but um, there is some some elongated cupping that goes towards the center of the tire. Okay, all right. Um, what make and model of tire did you put on? It's they're 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 cheap tires because I you know they're, I think they're a general is what they are. Well, general's a second tier tire, but that's not a cheap tire. But which one? Yeah. Which tire is it? Uh, hang on, the truck's out in the wash bay right now getting a getting a wash job. Let me uh, give okay. me give me ten seconds here, guys. And I also need to know if the shoulder of the tire has the decoupler pieces of rubber or if it's a solid shoulder. It's a solid shoulder. Okay, that did your previous tires have a solid shoulder or did you just go nope. to that design? I just went to that design and these are a general and they are a S three sixty. Yep, and you put a regional high scrub tire on what I assume is a line haul operation, isn't it? Well, yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah, I work. Yeah. And, and here, here's part of my problem. I'm loaded half the time. Mm-hmm. I'm hauling pipe. I'm hauling pipe in the oil field, and I know I'm on some rough roads. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I've I've taken time and I've put a lot of money into the front end of this truck, mm-hmm. and I'm still having the same problems as I was having before I knocked the kingpins out. Except Which the wear you... has changed on the, the wear has changed on the tires. Okay, all right. Let's talk about a regional tire that's running in basically a line haul operation. You may you may get up there and you have to do a little bit in the muck and mud, but then you're back on the freeway for two hundred miles, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. When you take that solid shouldered tire and you run it straight down the highway, you're not turning and scrubbing like that tire's designed to do. The shoulders of the tire, about the width of your index finger, will wear down before the middle of the tire will. And it does that because the steel belts that are underneath the tread cannot extend all the way to the edge of the tread or they stick out the sidewall. So they stop about a finger width in. Okay? Now that means that section of tread is not supported and it will depress. Okay. okay. Yes, All right. <clears throat> now, if anything else is going on, if it doesn't like the inflation, if the wheel bearing is a little loose, if the the things kingpins are loose or whatever, that wear will start eating its way into the tire instead of staying out there on the shoulder. The advantage okay. of those decoupler pieces, those quarter inch pieces of rubber that are normal on the outside of a highway tire is they stabilize the outside shoulder so you don't get that wear so it doesn't eat its way in. Okay. talk about the difference between this kind of wear versus the wear of a kingpin or a bearing. Typically, that kind of wear only appears on the outside edge. Now, we're, yeah, the rest, of the, tire, the rest of the tires look fine. Okay. Now, did you put the kingpins in or somebody else do it? No, I had a shop do it. Okay. When they were done... Have you checked the bearings to see if they actually got the bearings tight? 
Well, that's where I was going because this was my concern. I had the truck in my shop for the last nine days just doing some HVAC stuff and, and mm-hmm. general maintenance on the truck and just, you know, high highfalutin high parts changer is what I call myself when I'm home. Sure, uh, sure. So, you know, my, my deal was is every once in a while on these rough roads in Wyoming and Montana, I get a little bit of a sound up there, and I can't feel it in the wheel, but I hear it. And I'm wondering if I don't have a loose wheel bearing. And that was the only thing that I didn't get to. I got to everything else on this truck. Okay. And I'm wondering if that's my problem. It's easy to check. You've got it in a okay. wash bay. You can you can jack up one front wheel at a time. Right. You grab the top of the tire with both hands. Take a good solid stance. Your arms outstretched straight. Use your legs to wiggle back and forth and try to shake that tire off the rim. Right. If you hear if you hear a little bit, little bitty click click click, your bearing's loose. Now this is a, even though it's got 1.7 million miles on it, it's a W900 2002 or later. It won't matter. The sleeves won't be in it anymore. 2002. Yeah, and we we punched everything out. Yeah, so the so sleeves in the bearings are gone. So you'll, yeah, you'll hear it at the sleeves. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what I would check. Jack up the right side, shake it. Jack up the left side, shake it. If you find it's loose, get a hold of us. We can send you a little chart, shows you how we want to adjust the bearings. Okay, so one more thing. So give me give me what you would run in my situation, knowing what you know, for steer tires. Because I, I ran those XDA3s and, they're, and 2s, and they're great tires. But with mm-hmm. my kingpin problem I had prior, I couldn't mm-hmm. see spending twelve hundred dollars on my next set of tires <laughs> until I knew well, really what was going on. So give me a what set did of those, tires to put on this. What did those tires wear out like? Yeah, how long did they last, and what did they look like? You know, they lasted about sixty-five thousand miles, and they looked like uh, they'd been through downtown Baghdad at uh, at party time. So <laughs> okay, what in, what inflation are you running in your steer axle? You know, in the summertime, I run 90, oh. uh, and, and and in the wintertime, I run 100. Oh. Yeah, you're, you're, run flat. you're under you're underinflated. You're 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 technically a run flat. Okay. <clears throat> do you okay. have a 12,000 pound front axle? I do. Are you running a tall 22 or a tall 24 or a short 22? Tall. What are you running? Tall 22, 11R 22.5s. Yeah. Okay, and the sidewall of the tire says that you're required to run 105 pounds minimum pressure to carry 12,000 pounds of load in those two steer tires. Yeah, but hell, I never get there with that W9 on a flatbed. You're driving down the road, and you've got 11,000 pounds on that truck, on that front end, right? Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, about 11.3, yep. And then you step on the brakes. How much weight's on the steer axle? A bunch. And that's when it needs the air. Okay. Okay. Now, let me go another yep. direction. How much inflation okay. do you run in the rear of the truck? I'm running 100. Okay. Now, let's look at how much load is carried on tires. Now, you run the same tires on the back end of your truck as you do on the front, don't you? 11R22 fives, but they're different. Same I mean, they're, it yeah, doesn't matter. They're still 11R22. Okay. How much legal load can you carry on a pair of drive axles? Thirty-four grand. That means you got seventeen well, grand on each axle, right? Yep. 
right? There's four tires on an axle. If you divide four into 17 grand, how much weight's on each tire? About 42, 4,300, rough and tough. And if you open up the owner's manual for the tires, the load and inflation table, it'll tell you that tire requires a minimum of 70 pounds to carry 4,200 pounds. Okay. So if you don't want to run overinflated in the front, you want to run 100 pounds because you really don't need any more air than that, then you don't need any more air than 70 in the rear either. So why are you running 100 in the back? Beats the hell out of me. That's why I'm calling you. <laughs> we do it. We do it because it works. Yeah, we, if, we never have any problems on If you run seventy pounds in the back, they'll cup out just like your steer axles. Oh out. no, they'll get. They'll, yeah, they'll get really stupid. Exactly. So what I'm trying to get across to you is you're overinflating sixteen of your tires, and two of your tires you're not. Which tires are giving you the most trouble? Steer tires. Right. More air. What what we recommend in the front is to run as much pressure as the rim will allow you. Now, stamped right on your rim, it says maximum cold inflation 120. Okay. Now, your sidewall says it wants 105. That means you're going to put 15 extra pounds in your steer tire, but you're putting 30 extra pounds in your drive tires, right? Yep. Yep. So my suggestion to you is put more air in the tires. Let's check the bearings, make sure they're okay. Yeah. Yep. But the second thing you need to do is put more damn air in the tire. And then if I was you, if you like Michelin, I'd go back to the Michelin XCA. If you like Bridgestone, go to this 283A. If you like Continental or General, go to one of their highway premium steer tires and, and put enough air in the damn thing and it should do just fine. Okay, so I've been fighting air pressure plus plus other things. I mean, plus the mechanical end of it. So I've been fighting air pressure. Yes. The best, but the, like the XEA is the best mm-hmm. gamble to swallow up those little problems with, and still give you some life. Now, sixty-five thousand miles. That's terrible. Terrible. That's terrible. Oh, well, I know. So I but, know. At, but at ninety psi, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. Ninety. You know the, the difference between summer and winter. That's nothing. You keep running the same pressure all year long. Okay. Well, I'll try. I'll try some different things. So, what should I do with these? Get them off there as soon as I can, or what? <laughs> well, run them until they're not DOT legal, or until they're shaking so bad you can't stand them, and then take them off. But I'd get some miles out of them. Well, I'm gonna sure as hell try because it sure go. is frustrating. It sure is frustrating. Get the pressure up. Make sure the bearings are tight, and then see how we do. Okay. Yeah. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Process. You're welcome, buddy. Okay, guys. Thanks. Have a good Bye. night. You too. Bye. You too. Okay. Well, that was a good conversation. Wild. <clears throat> it was very similar to the fleet that I, I was called in to visit in McAllen, Texas, uh, this last week. They had 250 trucks. They're getting terrible mileage out of their steer tires. And the first thing we did when we went in and started looking at the wear pattern, I said, that's underinflated. And they said, but we're running 110. The sidewall says 110. We're running 110. And I said, well, let's see what the door says. We opened up the door. They didn't have a 12,000-pound front axle. They had 13,200 front axles. So they, were, they had tires on that could only carry 12,000 pounds. Right, because they saved some money on that. So they borrowed 14-ply tires instead of 16-ply tires. <laughs> for, somehow, for some reason, it's not able to carry the It didn't work. <laughs> okay, all right. We got another caller. 
actually do, and it's from the 570 area code. And do you remember where it is? It's in Missouri. It's been two weeks. Yeah. I'm looking at a list, so I know it's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old to guess this shit anymore. Yeah. All right. Let's see what Pennsylvania has to say. And is he in Pennsylvania? Is he at home? I think he is. I think he's still in PA. Let's see if this... Hello, PA. Hello. Are you there? How you doing? Yes, I am. Pretty good. And you are in PA, huh? No, I am not in PA. My phone is from PA. Yeah. I I live in Ohio. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm currently in North Carolina, and I was in Missouri last weekend. Boy, don't you get confused? Yeah, I said North Carolina. Uh, yeah, very yeah. often. Yeah, yeah, I get confused too. It's tough. All right, so what's up, buddy? Not too much. Uh, I uh, like I said, I live over there in Ohio, and I had a small uh-huh. lineman issue, so I called Mr. Jerry Ream. Ooh, and he Jerry. came out to my house. Yeah, oh Jerry came out to my house. Uh, I called him on the phone. We talked a couple times. We I had to cancel a couple appointments with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, I got him out to the house. He was there waiting for me when I pulled in the driveway. He got his tools out. He did the thing. We talked about tires and super singles and alignments and caster and everything else. We took uh, a degree and a half of caster out of the steers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a block that was on the wrong side. It was a half inch higher on the right or right. on the left than it was on the right. So we swapped my yeah. blocks around mm-hmm. and, uh, we did the full three axle alignment. Just great guy. He spent like four hours at my house. Uh, just, I was blown away by his, by his, you know, that the price was very reasonable for the work that he did. I offered yeah, him it, everything it, under it, the sun. It would have been more if you hadn't fed him so much beer. Well, I tried to feed him beer. He wouldn't take any. He's that kind of guy. I tried, I tried to get right. We tried tried to feed him steaks and beer and moonshine mm-hmm. and everything else. He wouldn't take nothing. <laughs> He's so a he worked, street arrow guy. He worked, yes, he is. So he worked away. We had a. He gave me a nice little class on your guys' system there about how at one point mm-hmm. in time he, you know, uh, the thing would go out of a calibration because it was sitting in the sun. Because mm-hmm. it got hot, the alum- and it would change temperatures, you know. So we talked yep. about those kind of things. You know, he was really happy that I had a paved driveway. He, he was just ecstatic about that. And mm-hmm. I also had another friend of mine coming into town. He came into town with his Peterbilt, and freaking Jerry took care of us on that one, too. He jumped right on that and, and got him all lined up and checked all that out for him and got every got us all squared away. And... When I got done with Jerry, as soon as I could, I went and bought two of the brand-new Michelin X-Line Energy Z tires, steers, 16-ply, put 130 PSI Mm -hmm. in them, and drives like a dream. That's excellent. That's what we like. Now, taking that caster out of the front end should have smoothed out the ride. Oh, absolutely it did. It had uh, just three and a half degrees, I think it was. We got it down to uh, right down down there around two because the the Mm -hmm. one – the, the wedges were just, just they weren't exactly a, uh, a degree and a half. They were like a degree point three or something. And, sure. uh, of course, he had, a buck, he had a bucket of those in the van, of course. Right. And uh, he was just so thorough, so polite, just a great mm-hmm. guy. We had a good time. We hung out, and he was just a, just a hard worker. And it was really nice to have somebody that 
knew what we're doing out here because, you know, I'm one of those guys. I've been following Kevin for a while. I have a another mentor friend of mine, the guy that showed up with the Pete, very good friend of mine. He's guided me through a lot of stuff. And the uh, we, we're out here trying to strive for the best fuel economy we can get and the best longevity of everything we're doing. And, and Jerry gets that. And it's very hard yep. to find that even when you find a person that knows how to do the alignment. They're just there to do the alignment. They they don't care about anything else. And Jerry he was the guy that you just call him on the phone. You just knew he was the guy that you wanted to be working on your truck because he was going to treat your equipment like it was his and treat it with respect and treat you with respect. And that's we're all looking for a, a for Jerry's, Mike Beckett's, yeah. Kevin Beckett's, and, you know, Rutherford's yeah. out there to, to keep this all going the way it needs to be going. And we just appreciate everybody's. Mm-hmm. You know, people like you guys and Jerry for for doing the jobs they do. Well, you're more than welcome, and we try to do it. We know that that's what's going to produce the longevity in our business. You can go to anybody for an alignment, but you can only go to certain people to get your truck fixed. Right. You are absolutely correct. There's a million mechanics out there, but there's only a handful of people that really know how to fix your stuff. Right, right. Well, I appreciate that. I'm sure glad you're happy. Yes, sir. I'm very happy. All righty. Well, don't don't tell everybody. Just tell those that'll listen. Right. Exactly. Because it's unsolicited advice. <laughs> there you go. There they you won't go. listen anyway. There you go. All right, guys. Have you a have good yourself night. a great day. Thanks for calling. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was a nice phone call. That was a nice. I like to hear those guys. That's good. All right. So we got Chad in Kansas City. We got Jerry in Eastern Ohio. All right. Very good. Okay. So. Um, 330 area code is the next guy with a question. Right. Any guesses? Um, Delaware. No. <laughs> I know where it is. It's it's Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio. Yeah. Okay. If you call Goodyear's headquarters, that's the prefix. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't mean he works for Goodyear. Well, no. He There's might work. For, he might work for Bridgestone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out if he's All home. Right. Hello, Ohio. Yeah, hello. How you doing? Pretty good. That's I am good. calling from Akron. I'm calling from Goodyear Heights, Ohio, in fact. Goodyear Heights, Ohio. Do you see the blimp going over periodically? I sure do, and I'm uh, right across the street from the headquarters, in fact, right there where they just built their new headquarters. Awesome. Huh? Now, does that get you a discount on tires? Well, that's what I'm calling about. I actually took my uh, truck up there to the uh, Goodyear Commercial Center up there about my tire problem. Up on Skyline? I sure did. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, well, they they gave me some conflicting advice, which is why I'm calling you. I'll let you know what's going on. Um, I think I spoke to somebody last week when uh, you guys had the guys from Pittsburgh Power there, and I was telling you about the inside front. Uh, dual um, of the mm-hmm. first drive axle was going bad, and I had some uh, mm-hmm. cupping wear, and it turned into mm-hmm. diagonal cup wear, and it was spreading to the mm-hmm. other tires, and I was getting yep. a real bad vibration, and yep. uh, they lifted it up on the jack, and they checked for a bad bearing, and they said that they found a little bit of looseness, but not enough to create the type of wear that I was seeing on the tires, so I, I I kept driving the truck, and I kept driving the truck, and it just kept getting worse. It even spread to the trailer tires, and uh, I couldn't figure it out, so I took it back. And they said that upon further examination, 
those sway bars needed new bushings, and they finally figured out that um, that the bearing was loose. So they redid yes. that and they and put that on. But my question is, they didn't replace the tire. They said to keep it on there, and it'll it'll wear back. Um, <laughs> you know, it'll even out. It'll even out after you keep on driving it. So I just want to know what I should do. <laughs> you know? Funny boys. Well, what they really want is for you, you know, they amortize out the warranty on this thing. So there is no warranty on that tire. <laughs> it's not a warrantable condition. The inside edge, inside tire wear starts from one of two things. Either the wheel bearing is loose or the axle is flexing too much. Okay. Uh, they said the bearing was a little loose. If it's loose at all, that's causing a problem. Okay. So that's the first half of it. The second half is once the pattern is developed to the point where you can see it without touching your hand on the tire, that pattern will never stop. In fact, it will continue to get worse faster and faster, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. I understand. So you're saying replace the tire. Well, is the vibrations coming out of the tire so bad that you can't stand them? It's pretty bad. It's in the seat, and it's an automatic truck that I have, so it's not really. Mm-hmm. I can't feel it in the shifter, but it is in the okay. seat, and it's actually, and it's actually in the wheel, and it gets yeah. worse under acceleration. Yes, yes, and it will. I, I would say it is a subjective opinion. Now, what is going to happen to the tire? The rate of degradation is going to accelerate. It's going to get worse faster and faster the worse the wear gets the vibration is going to get worse and worse because it's knocking itself out of balance because there's chunks of rubber missing now. It is still a legal tire as long as you have 230 seconds of tread depth in the bottom of any of the cups in adjoining ribs. So the DOT won't make you take it off until you get below 230 seconds. But from a comfort standpoint and from the damage that vibration is doing to everything else in your truck... I would replace it. I understand. Now that they put the new bearing on there, I've got the, mm-hmm. uh, they actually did both sides. I've got four bearings sitting in my pickup truck where they mm-hmm. uh, replaced them. And I got those two sway bars, I think is what mm-hmm. they called them. They go across sure. the frame in the back. Um, mm-hmm. I've got those sitting. Should I, um, should I go ahead and, um, and just go ahead and get the thing aligned now too? Well, okay, let's talk about alignment then. If your steer tires have feathered wear on them, do you know what feathered wear is? I do, and they don't. They're real, really good tires. They're Michelin, and they haven't had any, any, any problems with them at all. Okay, if there's no feathered wear, you don't need an alignment. Well, how does it handle? Well, it handles the way – you know what's peculiar about that truck? It's a Kenworth T660, and – when I let go of the wheel, it wants to pull to the right. It's always done that since I got it. Well, every truck will, every truck will do that. Eventually. Okay. But the question is, is it a pull, a drift, or a dive? Okay? Now, here's the definition. If you're doing 60 miles an hour in the interstate on a straight lane, and you're in the slow lane, and you let go of the steering wheel, and you count 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, and it finally gets over to the shoulder of the road, that's what we call a drift. If you count 1,001 and you don't get to 1,002 and you're already at the shoulder of the road, that's a pull. And if you let go of the steering wheel and you don't even get one out of your mouth and you're in the bar ditch, that's a dive. Well, I've got a drift. 
You got to drift. That's drifts are normal because the road is crowned. If you put it in the fast lane, it'll probably drift to the left. Yeah, that's what it's I got. Climbing back over the crown. So that, yeah, if you don't have it pull and you don't have any feathered wear, you don't need an alignment. Right. Changing the bearings didn't change your alignment. Okay, I got you. Then. And then the second question, then, uh, when they replaced those sway bars in the back, just because they saw some shiny steel where the bushings had moved inside of those, uh, mm-hmm. that was, I told them the symptom of it felt like there was some play in the rear end, and that's what mm-hmm. they looked at. First. Are you telling me, do you, would you like to give me your opinion on whether or not that's going to clear up the play in the rear end, or do you think the bearing okay. was the cause of that? Well, the bearing is part of it, but let's talk about which sway bars they are. The ones that go from the top of the diff sideways to the frame? Correct. Okay, those are centering rods. They hold the axle in the middle of the truck. And to be perfectly honest, in my experience with those, until the bushings are starting to fall out, I really don't give a shit. Yeah, they're just the vehicle's guiding pretty straight down the highway anyway. Right. Now, the, the thing that I would worry about when they replaced them those are designed to center the axle underneath the middle of the truck and hold it there within a quarter of an inch. So what I would do if I was you, I'd start up the engine, I'd build my air up, I'd roll the truck a little bit so everything centers up the way it's supposed to be. And then I would measure with a tape measure from the frame to the outside of the drive tire on one side of the truck and from the frame to the outside of the drive tire on the other side of the truck and see if the axles are physically in the middle within a quarter of an inch. If they are, forget about it. It's all good now. I got you. All right, great. The indicator that you have that they are centered is that it does drive straight. Yeah, the the fact that you it drives straight, you're not getting feathered wear, tells me I'm not worried about alignment. Okay, great. So it's not alignment. Now, I appreciate that kindly. I really do. Now, what do you think about the only here? You think we should buy some tires off of them or what? Well, okay, let's talk about which tire I'd buy off of them. <laughs> what year is your truck? 2009 at KWT660. All right. You probably got the 9.5 millimeter housings, which is a thin drive axle housing. It's 10 pounds lighter than the 11 millimeter housing. And if you take Goodyear's 572 drive tire, which is a good tire, and you put it on that light housing, as you go down the road and you hit bumps in the road, the axle will flex, and you will tend to lose the first line of lugs on the inside tire close to the frame because the axle is flexing. Now, I'll tell you the secret. If you did that with the Continental tire, you'll lose the shoulder. If you did it with the Bridgestone tire, you'll tend to see some cupping on the shoulder. They all get some of that. If you could go, now, are you really worried about low rolling resistance? No, because I don't go to California anymore. Okay. If you want to buy some conventional drive tires that are not, quote, smart way approved low rolling resistance tires you could put them on that axle and you get a hell of a lot less cupping but you put a low rolling resistance tire in that in it the low rolling tire does not like the axle flex now if goodyear has some of their old 302s other tires that they used to produce before the if you could find a set of those i'd put them on what's what would cause an axle flex like that would it be loose loose u-joints no, no. It's, it has nothing to do with the U-joints. It has to do with the rigidity of the axle housing itself. Now, if you go back to the 90s, the only housing that was available, the material in the housing was 11 millimeters thick. 
In the late 90s, the truck manufacturers went to the Axle Boys and said, we need to make the truck lighter. What can you do for us? They said, well, we can make the housing a little thinner, go to 9.5 millimeters worth of steel. It'll still rate to carry 20,000 pounds, but it'll be 10 pounds lighter. They said, okay, do that. So the trucks that are coming out on the highway today, the, the brand new purchase trucks, all tend to come out with this lightweight axle to make the truck light. But it's 10 pounds. But as you hit bumps in the road, that lighter axle flexes because the weight's pushing down the middle. It scoots the tire out and in and scuffs off that inside shoulder. Now, you can still buy a truck with the 11-millimeter housing. And as last time I checked, they were the same price as the 9.5. They're 10 pounds heavier, but they don't flex as much, and we don't get the tire wear problem. Right, right. When I go down the road, you know what it feels like. It feels like I'm hitting every bump really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And really, really, it just feels like I'm hammering those bumps. I mean, it's like no no shock at all. uh, Now, do you feel that... do you feel that when the steering axle hits it or when the drive axles hit it? The drive axles. And I just replaced all of the shocks with those uh, with those adjustable Gabriel shocks. And yeah. I've got them on the uh, firm setting. So uh, they're only like a year old. Well, I back off the firm setting. You, you want a softer ride if you want to get rid of those bumps. Okay. okay. Yes, sir. Now, now the... The other end of it is usually we find that we can soften that right up. Like the last caller that just called in, he went to Jerry, and Jerry reduced the caster in the front of his truck down to two degrees and really smooths out the ride a lot. You don't need that much caster on today's trucks. Caster is, is the, the steer axle hitting each, each uh, divider. That's typically where you feel the bang, know, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. What rear suspension are you running under this one? It's a Bendix. A Bendix rear suspension? Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I don't know what a Bendix rear suspension is under a truck. I don't know. I don't, well, I haven't seen it. I've been Bendix brakes, but I don't know about a Bendix yeah. suspension. Is it, is it an air ride or what? Yeah, it's air ride. It's, it says Bendix on most of the suspension parts there, and uh, most of the uh, most of the like ABS systems and all the air that goes in there. It's, it all says yeah, Bendix well, all on of, it. All of that will, but the suspension itself is is not Bendix. Does it have a big curved spring on it that sticks out in front of the axle and curves back to the? Oh, like well, I, I see like what you're a, saying. You're talking. Does it have the leaf springs or does it have the uh, airbag? Yeah. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got the airbags and it's got the the curved like the curved uh, D springs. Would you call that D spring? I don't know. Would you call that, that? A, a big D shaped spring? No, it's right kind of curved. Shaped like lead, the letter D sticking out in front of the tire and then going back behind it again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's exactly okay. what it looks like. Okay, that's called a 380 suspension from Kenworth. All right, loosen the rear end on that tr- suspension. You need to have somebody check and tighten your U-bolts. Right. Because that can be a jarring effect also. Yes, that can be a jarring effect. That suspension can have that problem if those U-bolts are getting loose. Yep. So so causing it to hit the ground that hard, that would be a U-bolt loose suspension. 
That's what I would be looking at on that one, yes. That's, that is one thing definitely you should look at, is tighten up the U-bolts, because it's, it's an underslung suspension. The U-bolts tend to stretch on it. So that, uh, if, you, if there was any gap at all, every, everything, every bump you hit. You just pound it, yeah. Yeah, you'll feel it pound. That's exactly what it is. So tighten up those U-bolts on all four axles, and then it'll tighten it up, right? Yep. And see if that helps it, yes. If that helps, right. I mean, there's more to diagnose. Like I said, I'm the first thing I'd look at is caster on the steer axle. But but also check the rear shaft. Okay? I appreciate you. Thank you kindly. Not a problem, buddy. You have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. Another good call. Lots of good talk. That was also Ohio. And we do have another caller. Yes, another question. And it is from the 608 area code. Any ideas? Any ideas? Florida. Cheesehead. Uh, he's a Wisconsin. Wisconsin. He's going to brag about Green Bay winning. It's going to, did they, did, uh, they beat Jacksonville. They beat somebody because I talked to a Green Bay guy today and he was happy. Well, you know, if you lost to Jacksonville, you'd be sad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if he's at home. Hello, Wisconsin. Hi there. No, I'm Hi. in El Paso right now, Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know where El Paso is. That's where uh, Gene Dunlap is. Okay, I don't know who that is. Oh, he's one of our guys down there. He's got our equipment. Yep. Oh, okay, all right. He's in El Paso? Yep. yep. Oh, cool. Say, yep. Well, I need your thoughts on... Them Road King shock absorbers. What do you think of them? I have no experience with them. I have never tested them. I've never had the opportunity to install and observe how they operate. The only thing I have on them is anecdotal data from people on Facebook and people I bump them to have used them. And the response I get from them is mixed. So at, okay. at this stage, I can't I can't recommend or or. So you don't use them. I, I just don't know. Well, I have a 780 Volvo. It's a 6x2. And when the wind blows, the truck blows, too. And uh-huh. back and forth, back and forth. And I was thinking, and they said that that would really help that out, help stabilize, because I have so much cab hanging out there in the wind, and I get a north and south wind here all the time. I would agree that shocks should help you. Let's let's look at cost-benefit ratios, though. How much do the Road King shocks cost? They're seven hundred and I don't know fifty, sixty bucks for two of them. For two of them. I just okay. Yeah, I'm trying the front steers right now to see if I feel anything there, and I was gonna put the cap. Cap shocks on to see if that would help, and then go to the rears. But he said I definitely see a difference, and I could make up my mind about the rest of them. So that's what I. So, as far as I'm concerned, I, uh, the original shocks always lasted me very well. All my trucks, I didn't have too much to complain about that. I mean, sell the OEMs really uh, short of life. Longevity, as far as I'm concerned, I always got a lot of miles out of them, but I put a new set on every time I change tires. 
so you did put the Road Kings on the front? Not yet. I just ordered oh, okay. a couple days ago. Okay. Well, if you've ordered them, then you're going to put them on and see what they do. Um, right. Then the other interim step that I would take, now this goes back before I knew anything about Road King shocks. If we had a guy that a truck was susceptible to the wind, and particularly RVs that were susceptible to the wind, we would put gas pressurized shocks on instead of hydraulics and get quite an improvement. Gas shocks on. Yep. Yep. The the truck handles a lot better with gas shocks than with air, uh, with hydraulics. Okay. Well, now the, those the, uh, road kings kind of. Aren't they gas over hydraulic or something? I have no idea. I thought that I, have I no heard idea. a commercial saying that, that they were gas over hydraulic. I could be, don't know. Uh, okay. But the, the difference between a straight hydraulic shock and a gas shock is a hydraulic shock has to pump three times before it fills a chamber and stabilizes. A gas pressurized shock is always pressurized, so it stabilizes immediately and prevents the roll from starting. Oh, okay. And who makes the gas shocks? Everybody does. Uh, okay. All right. Is there a heavy-duty one, or is there just standard? Yep. Or? yep. There's a heavy-duty truck gas pressurized shock. Okay. All right. Well, I'll try them. Well, let us, they're going to take let us, they got to make them and send them to me, so maybe I'll find a couple of them gas gas shocks and put on a set of them and see what those do first. Felt, and, and gas shocks are going to be a hell of a lot less than what you're paying for the Road King. <clears throat> but if you put the gas on and you notice any improvement, and then you put the Road King on and you notice any improvement, you can at least report back to us what, what you found. That'd be great. All right. Good. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for your help. I appreciate it. You betcha, buddy. You have a good day. Thanks for calling. You too. Bye now. Okay. Um, that was different. Something else. And ride. Ride. Handling. Uh-huh. How long have we been talking on this? Uh, for, uh, it says 47 minutes. Right Left. Now. Forty-seven. So about left. forty-three. About forty-three minutes. We we got another fifteen twenty minutes left. Yep. And we have no questions and no comments left. We got fifty-two callers. Do I get to sing? <laughs> oh, we got a question. Can I tell dirty jokes? No, we got a question. We got a couple we got of questions. I want to sing. <laughs> All right. We got a bunch of questions. We got a bunch of questions. All right. Nine fifty-two. Uh, uh, Minnesota. Stan and Ollie. Yeah. Minnesota. All right. Is he in Minnesota? Yep. Okay. He's at home. I think he's not. Okay. Hello, Minnesota. Hey guys. Yeah, I'm, I am at home. Um, I just have a quick comment for the for the last caller. I I know you guys are all about suspension, but I looked into those air tabs, and yep. uh-huh. the the guys said they couldn't tell us it increased the fuel economy, but what it did in the crosswinds. Um, made it worth their purchase. So somehow ah, those air tabs really helped stabilize the cab. Okay. Now, have you, that's what they said. Have you tried it and it worked? I have not. I've got a day cab. Okay. Um, okay. And, yeah. 
All right, but that, just, but we could we could put it out to everybody. Yeah. Did the did the air tabs actually help you in crosswinds? Did it stabilize the vehicle? That'd be good information. Plenty of air tabs out there. There should be plenty of responses. Somebody should be able to tell us. Yep. And he's got a date cap. That's, that's why he's a. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. We appreciate you calling in. You have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye. 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 Very good. That was that was good information. I like that. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, look at all these people. They didn't want to hear me sing. No. <laughs> I I feel so bad about this. Is that the next one? Two oh eight. Yep. Where's two oh eight? It's gone. Two oh eight's gone. No, there's two oh eight. There's two oh eight right there. Right, yeah, 208. Where is it? Uh, oh. Idaho. 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 Okay. And he's probably home, too. I think it's, he is. It's, it's Sunday night. They should be home. Yeah, you know, that's what you say. Hello, Idaho. Idaho. Hello. How you doing? Hey, not too bad. If you got to be five minutes later, I'd be crossing into Utah, but hey, we're making money, right? right? Right now you're there home. We go. All right. <laughs> well, home state. Home state. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So well, what's up? I'm driving a driving a company truck, and I think it kind of I, I'm just kind of verifying answers from before, I guess. Um, my truck. I, I guess first things first. I drive an eight axle rig. Got okay. F- four axle truck with a drop axle, and then a four axle mm-hmm. trailer with a, with two drop axles, and. Got it. Uh, my lead drive tire or uh, drive axle. My my drives are all super singles, um, Goodyear three ninety twos, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm on my driver's side. I'm I'm really rubbing off uh, pretty even wear, but uh, some slight cupping both shoulders. My uh, my passenger side tire. I'm starting to see that same wear on the inside shoulder of my of that super, and I was just kind of seeing where that might be leaning to. Um, try to see what uh, what I might be able to talk my mechanic into doing. Okay, all right. There's two things that we see on super singles. One is when you're wearing both shoulders. One is wearing you're wearing one shoulder. Okay. When it's yep. one shoulder, it's typically the shoulder closest to the frame, and that will tend to be either loose wheel bearings or axle flex. Just like the other caller had. Just like the other caller. But when yeah, we see both, both shoulders wearing on a super single, and normally when we see that, it's not just one tire that's doing it. It's all four of them doing it. And that tends to be high speed. If you drive the tire too fast, centrifugal force stretches the tire and makes it taller, and the center treads rise up, and you wear both shoulders. Right, and this doesn't necessarily relate to the speed limit. This no. It's just too fast for the tire. For that particular tire, on, yeah. On on those uh, those Goodyear G, uh, 392s, do you happen to know what that might be? I'm governed at uh, 68 miles an hour, and that's kind of where do it. I yeah. – That'll do it on that one. <laughs> It'll do All it on right. any wide base tire. Any wide base tire. If we go to a 385, a four and a quarter, or these big 455s, all of them tend to start stretching at about 56 to 63 miles an hour. Yeehaw. Anything above 65, we tend to see both shoulders. Right. 
Now, remember, these tires, the whole design came from Europe, and everybody there was regulated to 100 kilometers an hour. 60 miles an hour is the maximum speed in Europe, and that's where this design came from. Okay. All righty. So, so you could have two problems. You could have a loose wheel bearing. You could have axle flex, which would be showing up on your insides, and you could have excessive speed. But why it's only showing up on one tire makes me wonder if maybe the inflation was off on that tire at some time. Yeah, maybe it was. Okay. Again, if, if it was off for if the tire pressure was off for a little while, and the tire pattern started, it, it just won't go away. Yeah, yeah. So if you ran low for say a thousand miles, that could start it off. Yeah. All righty. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Not a problem, buddy. Thanks for calling. Okay. We got uh, ten more minutes, and we got a bunch of other callers. What's seven oh two? Seven oh two. Where? Sounds familiar. Oh, I know. I know. Lost wages. Lost wages. Okay. Nevada. Is he home? Is he? Yes, he's home. No, he, I don't he's down at the casino looking at those girls with the long legs dancing. <laughs> sure. Sure he is. <laughs> Hello, Nevada. Hey, what's going on, Mike? We're just here wondering what, you, what, what the girls look like where you're at. Uh, I was there last month, but I'm over in Atlanta now. Ah, he's in hot Atlanta. Beautiful okay. Atlanta. You bet. Hey, have What's you guys up? had any experience with them, uh, them airbags that go underneath your uh, front steer axle, the ones that they sell aftermarket at all with the uh, no. regulator and the valves and stuff like that for uh, are, a large are these the, Are these the ones that go on the tail end of the leaf spring and replace the spring shackle? Or are these the one that goes on top of the axle between the axle and the frame? Uh, the one that goes on the top axle between the axle and the frame. Okay. That's not a bad booster. And it will tend to carry the load a little bit. Um, I haven't heard any real problems with them. I would put a single air controller on them, and sometimes they come out with duels. You don't want one on both sides. You want one. And then let it equalize the pressure between them. But what I would be doing before I invested in that, now you're buying that, you're thinking about buying that to soften the ride, right? Uh, I'm just looking at the options. I haven't committed anything. Yeah, but the idea is to soften up the ride in the front end of the truck. Is that right? Correct. Right. Before I would spend money on that on my existing truck and doing an aftermarket changeover, I would simply reduce the caster in the front end of the truck to two degrees, and you'll get probably as much benefit as the airbag will give you for a lot less money. Yep. You know, I, I did that. I did that a while back. I called up. I had those uh, mm-hmm. shims, the wedges, in the mm-hmm. driver's side, and mm-hmm. uh, you and your partner recommended for some reason I take them out because I don't need them on the classic truck. And mm-hmm. I did that. I tell you what, the thing actually starts to – Veer slightly to the left now, which I like because it's not diving <laughs> off the ditch. Okay. However, now, and I, I, yeah. I love the steering, but when I'm looking at the thing, that axle is sagging now. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know. As as much as as great as it drives, and I've been following everything you guys have told me about this thing. As great as it drives, when you look mm-hmm. at the truck, its stance, it, it looks like somebody may have the- put those in to kind of correct a problem. So the front end is too low for you. Well, well, no, no, it's not low. It just seems like it's sagging on the driver's side, like the driver's side is dipping down somewhat. Okay, well, if you measure you know. from the ground to a to the bumper 
or a bolt on the bumper, okay? okay. Measure on the left side, measure on the right side. If it's not level, you can put a, a square block in there to lift it up to square it up, but you don't want to change the taper. Right. Okay, I see. And uh, the axle itself is is straight across. Uh, you shouldn't. Right. There should not be a difference from from the bottom. No, I think what he's seeing is that the hood is lower on one side than the other. Yeah. Either that, or the spring could be sagging a little bit, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. All right, if you want to test that, then you measure from the top of the leaf spring to the bottom of the frame on both sides and see if you have the same arc. Right. Top leaf spring to the bottom of the frame. But you're talking about uh, the difference between the, the bump stop? Yep. Well, I wouldn't go to the bump stop. I'd go all the way down uh, to the leaf spring. Measure okay. from the top surface of the leaf spring to the bottom of the frame on both sides and see if they're sagged the same amount. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I could do that. And and also, uh, one more before, per your book, I went ahead mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, that uh, the airbag on the Freightliner was walking towards the center of the pumpkin on the differential on the rear. Yep. Uh, you know, the airbag was crooked, so I went ahead and loosened that up back straight. And mm -hmm. what had happened was, was it, you know, after, I'd say probably about three months, it's starting to walk back towards the pumpkin again. Yes, and because and I don't. Do you both keep stretching? You got to tighten them again. Yeah, tighten. So just tighten. Them keep doing bolts. it. Yep. Keep tightening them. So keep tightening them. Pound it back straight, and then tighten yep. them again. And then what I would now, do if three if it starts moving in three months, that means in two months before it starts moving, I want to go underneath there and just tighten the shit out of the U bolts because all okay. the weight is hanging on the U bolts. Yep. Right. Uh, now I understand your 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 your. Uh, saying about the bolt stretching and and when i did have it off i noticed that the center of the bolt just above where the thread uh, meets the smooth part of the u-bolt that it's mm -hmm. kind of narrowed from corrosion so yes. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning the integrity of the u-bolt but you are recommending not to buy a new u-bolt because the, the new one's just going to stretch anyways yeah I, I wait until they break where's your stance on that just just keep working I, with I, them. I, I keep tightening them because usually if they're going to break, they'll break when I'm underneath there with the gun tightening the shit out of them. Oh, I see. Okay. It's time to replace it. But the units are cheap, so. Yeah. Well, I haven't been using a gun. I've been using a, a, a three-quarter bar with, a, with a, a leverage bar on top of that. Well, you don't have to go to the gym then, do you? <laughs> no. No. It's, 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 it gives me quite a workout, but. Okay, yeah. well, I'll go ahead and do that and then get them straightened back out. And uh, thanks a bunch. That's all I got. I'll let somebody else get in there. Thank you, buddy. You have a good day. All right, thanks for calling. Thanks, Mike. Okay, very good. Very good. Uh, 206. 206. That was Idaho, wasn't it? That was Idaho. No, it was somebody else was 206. This is 206. 206 is Washington. Oh, okay. It must be 208. Eastern Washington. The other one was 208. This is 206. Washington. Washington uh, State is the Husky. Yeah, he's home. he's home. I told you everybody's oh, home. home. I'm at home. <laughs> Hello, Washington. I'm nowhere near home. You're nowhere near home. <laughs> Were you in Jamaica? <laughs> no, I'm in, uh, yeah, where am I right now? Oh, New Mexico. Right. New Mexico. I haven't All seen right. home since the last week of July. 
Um, My goodness, you're making money. Yeah, well, somebody. Yeah, will. well. I'm just a conduit. <laughs> right. Um, your first call about the tire pressure and all that made me think of a couple of basic questions I was hoping to get answered correctly, since it seems okay. like to be a big debate when I talk to tire guys. Okay. okay. Tire pressure, you said earlier, put as much pressure in them as the uh, rims can allow. You know, like you want yes. 120 on the speeders. How heavy would you go on the drives in the trailer in general? Well, I, 100 pounds back there is plenty because they only require 30. You're already 30 pounds. They only require 70. You're already 30 pounds overinflated. So the rear's fine. It's the steers that I've got a problem with people putting enough air in. So then I look at what rim do you have, what does it allow, it'll be 120, 130, or 140, depending on the rim, and I'll put in what the rim can stand. I hear some people are putting more like 110 in their drives. Yes, they are. And I can't recall if they're having better, I think they're getting better fuel mileage. Yes, it's all for fuel mileage when they're doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah, part of what I was thinking when it comes to like trailer and drives is what Kevin Rutherford talks about with stiffening up the sidewalls in order to reduce the uh, rolling resistance for fuel right. mm-hmm. So 110, yeah, the th- there's nothing wrong with that? Well, there's people that do it all the time. The tire engineers always freak out when we tell them they're doing that because what <laughs> the tire engineer is concerned about is the more inflation you put in the tire, the less the sidewall budges, bulges, the smaller right. the footprint gets. And so you're reducing the amount of rubber that's contacting the road to give you the traction for accelerating and braking. It increases the amount of heel and toe wear in a drive tire. Okay? So if you run a little lower pressure, you spread the footprint out and make it bigger. There's less traction on each individual part of the footprint, and you get better traction for braking, accelerating, and a little less heel and toe wear. So if we're not wanting right. to worry about slamming our brakes and all that, then a little extra pressure doesn't hurt. <laughs> Correct. And, and many guys have done that and done it successfully. Some of them have gone as high as 120. They put 120 in the steer. They put 120 in everything else. And I ask them why they do it, and they say, because our mechanics can't tell the difference between a steer tire and a drive tire, so we give them one pressure, put that in everything. <laughs> I did consider that once I get new tires. Right now I'm running 18 different garbage tires. Um, mm-hmm. The other the other question I had was, uh, and I, uh, oh, yes. The, the guy, again, your first caller, he talked about putting more air in his tire during winter than in summer. What, what is the truth about Ambient temperature raising the pressure in the tire. Okay. You're supposed to air your tires before you start operating at the standard ambient temperature that you're in at the time. Okay? So if the temperature outside is zero, you're supposed to put 120 pounds in if it's zero. If it's in Phoenix, Arizona, it's 120 degrees outside. You're supposed to put 120 degrees in the tire when it's 120 degrees outside, if that's what you're driving in. Now, that's the engineer's concept of correct inflation. Now, let's talk about the variables. The standard temperature for a truck tire is between 40 and 60 degrees Fahrenheit. That's what all the charts are based on. 
Okay. So if I put, let's say, 120 pounds on my tire and it is 60 degrees outside, and then I drive the truck at 65 miles an hour and I have have 6,000 pounds of load on that tire, the sidewall is going to flex, which is going to generate heat. The heat is going to heat up the air in the tire. The tire is going to increase pressure about 15% when it's hot. But that's because you started with the correct amount of pressure, so the sidewall didn't flex too much. You had the correct amount of load, which also dictates how much the tire will flex. You were driving at the correct speed, which is 65 miles an hour, so the tire flexed the correct amount of times per minute, which is how much heat it's generating. And the outside temperature was cooling the tire at the correct rate, so the balance occurred the way the engineer wanted it to be, and you wound up with the correct hot inflation. The cold inflation is not the problem. It's the hot inflation. Does that make sense? Okay, now I'm going to give you a variable. If it's 120 degrees outside instead of 60 degrees, and you still drive at 65 miles an hour, you still started at 110 PSI, you still had 6,000 pounds of load, but it's 120 outside, what's going to happen to the temperature in your tire compared to driving it at 60 degrees outside? It's going to expand. It's going to get a lot hotter than normal, and it's going to expand the pressure. So what the tire engineering manuals tell you is if the temperature is above 60 degrees, for every 20 degrees the temperature goes up, you're supposed to add five extra pounds of pressure to the tire so it flexes less and generates less heat, and that will offset the outside temperature. Does that make sense? So you can do 150 PSI at 120 degrees? You can't do 150 because you don't have... You can only put 120 in the tire, okay? But you don't. Okay, now let's go the other direction. Let's say it's zero degrees outside. You're still driving the same vehicle. You still got the same load. You got the same speed. What's going to happen to the temperature in the tire when it's zero degrees outside? Is it going to get as hot? No. It's not going to heat up enough to get its correct operating pressure, is it? No. So what they tell you, if the temperature is below 40 degrees, for every 20 degrees it drops below 40, you're supposed to put an extra five pounds of pressure in the tire. So whether it's too hot outside or too cold outside, the engineering manual says put more air in it. So the idea of running a lower pressure in the summer and a higher pressure in the winter is completely at, wrong according to the design of the tire. Both, yeah. both situations are supposed to add more air. Right, right. That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't make logical low clouds. Exactly. Now, they don't do that with their drive tires. They only do it with their steer tires. The drive tires, they always run them at 100, which is 30 pounds overinflated. And all I'm trying to get everybody to do is if you want to run all your other tires overinflated, run your steer tire a little bit overinflated, you get better results. Yeah. The tires like it. Honestly, I've never heard like the part it. about drive tires only being inflated to 70. I, I just, that's, that was down no. to me. I've never actually heard that. <laughs> well, if you, if you get anybody's tire manual, and in the, in the tire manual there's a load and inflation chart, and you yeah. can look up your tire in that load and inflation chart and look up 4,500 pounds of load in a dual wheel, and it'll tell you it only needs 70 pounds of pressure. Right. Okay. Um, 
the, the other part about the tire temperature, I mean, we're talking about if I'm in 60 or if I'm in 120, whatever. What about the part of, you know, if I start the day cold in a cold area and then, you know, I've inflated everything correctly for that area and then I move into an area <laughs> where it's much hotter, is it going to cause any problems? I mean, my tires Not aren't going like, to right up on me, right? <laughs> okay, let's, let's look at it. Now we've got tire pressure monitoring systems in our trucks, right? And on the dashboard, we can see what kind of pressures we got in the tires, right? I'm getting reports back from people <laughs> that are telling me that they aired up the tire the way I suggested. They right. put a full load on it. Now, they drove 85 miles an hour because they were in West Texas and New Mexico. The temperature right. outside was 115 degrees, and the pressure in their tire was 181 PSI. Now, that's some heat growth, right? But when they stopped, yeah. everything cooled back down. The pressure went back down. Everything was fine. The next day it was cool out. It was no big deal. How much pressure do you think it takes if I had a brand new tire and a brand new rim? How much pressure would it take to get it to catastrophically fail? Okay. I, haven't, I, haven't any, I haven't any idea. 400 PSI. Oh, okay. That's the pressure it'll take, and the unsupported bell of the rim will collapse, and the tire will come off of it. At 400. But so, with, even with the TPM uh, system out there, we're not really seeing... We're not seeing that kind. It, it, it's a guy in an extreme condition driving way too fast in an extremely hot environment that's getting these high pressures. And, but it's nowhere near yeah, 400. I, right. So. I do 55 almost all the time because I actually pay for my own fuel. So. There you go. There you go. This all makes sense to you? Okay. Yes, because that's going to help me when I'm talking to some guy that, you know, well, you know, when you're if you're going to be someplace hot, you got to let 20 pounds of pressure out of your tire. No, 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 no. That that will guarantee a blowout. That will get you a blowout every time. Okay? okay. Thank you very much. All right, much. buddy. You have a great day. We do have one more question. We're a little past our time, but We've skipped two weeks. We owe him some time. 320? Where's 320? Uh, 320. Minnesota again. It's Sven and Ollie. The other one was Sven. This must be Ollie. Hi, Ollie. Hey, Sven. How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> hey? Yeah, you don't want to get me into Norwegian jokes. That was my dad's big thing was Sven and Ollie jokes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of them. Some are good for mixed company, and some of them aren't. <laughs> uh, his, his were good. But, uh, oh, okay. I just okay. Had, I've got a different take on steer tires. I've got a tire guy up in St. Cloud, Minnesota. He's been good grief. He's been in the business for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And my truck, I've got a Volvo 780. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I bought it, only the tires had 10,000 miles of steers. They're Michelin's. So I took it to him, and he centers my tire. So he centered it and balances it right on the truck. Good. And even my tire wear out, but he's got a different thing. My tire pressures in my left tire, he has me at 115. In my right steer, I run at 120. You know, That's okay. torsional, all your rotation and all the weight and everything is more on the right side. I've got incredible wear. At the rate I'm wearing now, I'm going to get between 180 and 200,000 miles on these steers. That's good. That's good. And both of those numbers you gave me are higher than what the sidewall of the tire says. Right. Says they say 110. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm perfectly happy with either one of those numbers. That's fine. You're over the minimum, which is what I want. Right, just, I mean, just to consider what each of those Yeah, but I run everything. High. I run my drives and my trailers. All They're all 110 tires, and I run them up there just for mileage. But they wear great. The drives had about 100,000 miles on when I bought the truck. And when he did the front end and aligned it, then we just rotated the drives. And mm-hmm. the, the wear is, you know, it's, uh, the cupping is, is evened out. Oh, it's not Good. cupping. You know how those tires will, will sort heel of get and a toe. wedge. Yeah, they right. get a heel and toe. Yeah. And yeah, and I've got uh, 60,000 on since I bought it, and they've, they've worn just perfect now. So, And those Good. are Bridgestones. Good. But All right. I just uh, wanted, to, I wanted to tell you about that, you know, the different tire pressures. And it made sense to me having more in the right steer tire because it actually has more weight on it with the rotational yeah. forces. It does actually carry more because of the camber in the road. No problems. Yeah. All right, buddy. I just wanted to put in my two cents. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. You have a great day. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Okay, folks. We have gotten to the end of it. We did get all the questions answered. They were bullshit answers, but we gave them to them anyway. (laughs) We will try and do. Yeah, we'll try and do this again next week. You folks have a good week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining us on Rolling Toe. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.